Bibles to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to pick back up what we were. Uh, we've been trying to get this lesson clean, uh, completed for the last three weeks. And I think I'm going to get it done today. I'm going to work very diligently to do that. This, this lifestyle of faith. The faith is not just a incident or an occurrence in your life. It is a lifestyle that, that you are to live as one of faith. Amen. Having come into faith in Christ Jesus, it is, it is necessary for us to understand that God has called us to live by faith. Romans chapter number 1, verse 16 and 17, it reads as follows. We've read it to you, read it into your hearing in the past. We're going to read it again to you. And you know what I've come to understand? You've got to hear something multiple times to get it. So don't you become... Uh, attitudinal about continue to hear the same thing because until you get it then you need to keep hearing it until it's a part of you until you have it until it's a part of you you still need to hear it because faith comes to how by and hearing the word of God the only way for you to get faith to develop your faith I'm going to talk to you a little bit as I try to go back and, and bring back bring you up to speed to what we've covered so far I'm going to talk to you in a few minutes about the fact that we must live by faith but faith is necessary in our lives it's also not just necessary in our lives it's necessary in our relationship with God amen Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17. I'm going to stick to the text so I can get right through this. For, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in, the, in this gospel of Christ, in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We understand that he says we are moving from faith to faith. The first faith in that in that context, I believe it means he's speaking to the faith that brings us into salvation or into relationship. And I tell you that every born again believer has the foundational faith for great faith. But here's the thing. When we start talking about faith, you might become discouraged. Pastor, I, I want to have more faith. I just don't have it. I'm, I'm studying. I'm growing. And as I grow, I want to have more than what I've got now. But let me tell you this. All you need is some faith. You got to start with something. And I shared with you last week that Peter walked on water with little faith because after he started to sink, the Bible says he didn't sink because he didn't have faith. That's not why he started sinking. What Jesus reprimanded him about, he didn't say he said he didn't say, Peter. Where what happened to your faith? No, he says, he says, why did you doubt? And I've been telling you this over and over that your problem is not that you don't have enough faith is that you have too much doubt. Got too much doubt. Peter had faith. So he says, Peter, oh, you of little faith. He had little faith, but he had already walked on the water. So what could we do if we get our faith in that? If we get our faith intact and begin to believe God and trust and just stop and stop doubting so much and start believing more. Because think about this. When you hear God saying something to you, what's the first thing that you think? You get excited about receiving it. But what, what happens after that? Is it really going to happen? Is it really going to happen? And then if you know it has happened for somebody, just like as we share the testimony of the Johnsons and of how uh, they came to understand that they repented and asked God. See, the thing about it, the Bible says God rewards those who diligently seek him. 
See, you, they just got it. They, had, they, 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 they haven't walked fully in it already, but they came to the point where they realized they were wrong, repented, and said, God, we're sorry. We're going to turn from our way and begin doing this thing the way you want us to do it. And God says, I reward those who diligently what? Seek me. Because, see, it, one of our biggest troubles is, is us admitting that we're wrong. We rationalize our wrong. Well, Pastor, I don't tithe because, you know, I got all these bills and I got all this stuff going on. And, and you know, I just, I just, I wish they would give me a raise. If they would give me a raise, I would tithe. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. That's just rationalizing why you don't do what you know God has called you to do. So the thing is, is that as Brother Sean was weeping, telling me this, he's crying. He says, Pastor, I just realized we've been, we've been wasting time. Been going through stuff we didn't have to go through. Been struggling in ways we didn't have to struggle because we know, we, we know the way of God. We know what he wants us to do. We know he, want, he, he tells us to give, us, give him what belongs to him. And he, we know that. Just we wasn't doing it. We doing everything but that. And I told you what Pastor Stutter said when he was here. He said, he says, debt, the word debt, he's a, he's an, he said it's an acronym. Debt is an acronym. He says, doing everything but tithing. I like, you like that, don't you? I did too. Doing everything but tithing. You don't, you don't miss out on anything you want to do. They say right now, right now you don't have any plans of going out to dinner, but somebody say, hey, we're going over to, uh, to Outback. You're going to find the money to go. Just said you was broke. And here you are sitting up here broke at, 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 at Outbacks. Doing, and I love, so when I, saw, I thought about this, that's, that's right, doing everything but tithing, because we do any and everything that we want to do, but tithe. Give God that which belongs to him. So then we wonder why this, the faith is not working, but pastor, I, are you telling me uh, to believe God and I'm believing God? And, but you, you, you understand this, the, God, would, God would not mock himself. He said, be not deceived, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man sold, that was, that's what he shall also reap. Do you realize that the reason that many of us are always losing money, always getting unexpected bills, always having to pay more, always getting unexpected things that are happening that, that, that create more expenses for us is because we sold stealing. That's why it's always been taken from you, because you sow stealing. Whatsoever man sowed, that shall he also reap. The Bible says, if you, will you rob God, steal from God, when that which belongs to him is the tithe, the 10% of what you receive, the first tenth belongs to me, he said, it is holy unto me. When I steal that, that's why theft is always happening to me. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. Because he says, whatsoever you sow, that's what you reap. You be dishonest, somebody's always been dishonest to you. You cheat, you're going to be get, getting more cheating from you. Amen? So here's the thing. He, as, as they come to realize, they said, Pastor, Pastor, we already know. We know we spoke. We, we know we wrong. And we sorry. He said, I cried. I told the Lord, we sorry. The Lord heard their heart. Him and his wife came into agreement. They both said they were sorry. She wasn't saying, nah, I ain't sorry. You, you know, you... That's what you want to do. No, they came into agreement. Didn't you? Didn't you both come into agreement and say, hey, we, we realize this ain't, this ain't the way it's supposed to go. 
And the Lord says, okay, because I see your heart didn't change. Because man looks on outward appearance, but where God looks. God looks at the heart. Change their heart, change their mindset, their heart. God says, okay, I'm going to show you that I'm with you. Amen? Now you're going to say, well, I'm going to change my heart today because I'm going to get my car next week too. <laughs> if, you if you truly change your heart, God will honor that. I promise you that. God will honor that. God will honor that. Amen? So here we understand. So let me go back and bring you up to speed because I'm sure you may have forgotten some of the things we talked about last the, the, three weeks ago. One of the things we showed you was this definition of lifestyle. And also last week, I added to that, that definition, live, because here the word in Romans chapter seven, uh, verse one, chapter one, verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. And so we understand live is lifestyle. Lifestyle is the way in which a person or a group lives their lives. Uh, and then to live means to how you regulate or conduct one's life to govern one's way of life. So this is so when he says the just shall live, he says the, ju the just or the justified, they should live or conduct their lives by faith. See, one of the things that, I, that the Lord is helping me with is have you ever wondered why you always have to pray to get things? Have to ask God, God, would you bless this? Would you touch this? And sometimes we just want things to just happen. And they will do that but because the Bible says these blessings will overtake you. But the thing about it, if, if everything just came and you never had to stop and pray, then you're not living by faith. The other thing is that if, it doesn't take faith to do what you can do. See, God is trying to instill in us this, 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 this idea of believing for greater than what we can do. See, it doesn't take faith. If you, if here's, let, me, let, me make, let me explain it this way. It doesn't take faith for you if you go to the bank, you're trying to buy your first home, you go to the bank and they approve you for $1,000 a month. They say, okay, $1,000 a month is what you can afford. That's the, that's the amount of house you can afford each month. You go, you get that approval, and then you go out, Deacon Webb, and you find a house that is $990 a month after taxes and insurance, and then uh, your mortgage payment, including those things, are at $1,000. That doesn't take faith because you already know that's what you can do. What it takes faith to do is to go get the house that you really want for $1,000 a month. That's what takes faith. See, that's when you go shopping for things that are beyond and say, God, we, you know what we can afford, but we, this is what we desire. Oh, you're missing it. This is, where you, this is, what you, this is when you uh, drive the vehicle that you desire to have at the time you desire to have it, even though you didn't get the raise. Pastor Stutter shared a, a testimony with me, and I will share it with you, and I, I pray that, I know he, he may hear this as we uh, broadcast this, but I, 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 I pray that he'll be okay with it. He was sharing with me a testimony of some years ago. He says they had gone, and they were on the car lot. They were looking to get this vehicle, and he says the, um, after they ran their credit and everything, they, they, they told them, well, you, you don't need this, not, not these cars over here, you need to be over here. So he says the salesperson that they were working with, he kind of started getting irritated with him because he kept calling back for these car, this car over here. And he said, Mr. Stutter, you, you gotta understand, you don't qualify over here, you qualify over here. 
He says, but he began, he kept on calling. He would call almost every other day, call up there and check in on his application. He said, we got your application. We told you what the results were. He said, but, but I'm just trying to find out, is everything worked out yet? He said, well, would you just stop calling? Because no, it has been worked out. You're over here, not over here. So he says what happened is he decided to stop in. He just drove back. He didn't go, go by the lot to just check in on to make sure it was still on the lot. He went by the lot, looked there, he's still sitting there. And as he, as he gets there, he goes and uh, the sales guy saw him and said, <sighs> he says, but while he was on the lot, while they're out there looking, he come, come to find out that, that they uh, just happens to be that the regional uh, vice president was in, in, in town and he was at that particular dealership and that he made a declaration that every application that day he was going to approve it. And here's what happens is, so the gentleman who had his, had his application decided by the works of God to put his application in because remember his application didn't come in that day, it came in some days before, put his application in that pile. So then come to find out that what the things they were doing to move some vehicles, some of these vehicles, they, were mo they had a special sale going on, you know, as they had those tent sales, they had a special sale, so they said, they said Mr. Stutter, won't you drive out to this tent sale? He drives out to the tent sale, guess what's out there? The car that He's been wanted. So he gets out there and here's what happens as they get out there uh, and as he's approaching and they find out, they start find they find out who he is. It's, OK, yes, sir. Uh, you, we have it sitting right over you. It wasn't this vehicle here. Yes, this is the one that I wanted. And here's what happened. He says that as they got in the car and sat down and began to praise God. Once they sat in the car, they didn't wait till they got to church. They sat in the car and went to shout in the car. Well, Guess who they had to take all the stickers off of it because it was a brand new car. You got to take all the stickers off the windows. You got to take all the, 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 the salesperson that was tired of seeing him. So here's what the man said as he opened the door and found out they're in there shouting. He says, yeah, y'all better shout because you ain't got no business being in this car. And he said they put the key and it pulled off. <laughs> So it doesn't take faith to get the things you know you can afford. It takes faith to, to, to get what you don't afford. Do you understand? Are you starting to understand why God is teaching you faith? Because, see, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. How? Through Christ Jesus. Here's what the Bible also tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Verse 4. It says that, that whatsoever is born of God over comes. So we're not called to just make it. We're called to overcome, to go over. Not to just come, but to overcome, to go over. So the thing is, it takes faith for you to go over. It doesn't take faith for you just to, to make it. Amen? So here's the thing. If God, uh, even when it comes to healing in your body, it doesn't take faith to, to take your pills. The doctor tells you, here's what you need. You take five of these a day. They don't take faith, does it? It just takes sense to know that you got to take five of them a day, right? It takes faith, it takes faith, it takes sense. Just, you know what? It's morning, take two in the morning, three at night before bed. That's all you need. You need to be able to read, take, and swallow. But it takes faith to say, God, you know, I'm going to believe 
that this will be my last year on these pills. That takes faith. It takes faith to look at it and say, I take, 20, I take 12 pills a day. It takes faith. You may not be able to believe God to believe for complete healing, but see, why don't you do this? Believe God that, that that's going to go from 12 to 8 in the next six months. That God, I'm going to believe that I'm not going to have to take 12 pills a day. I'm going to be down to 8. And then when your faith activates and you see God work and do that, then you say, you know what? I'm going to believe God that I'm going to go from 8 pills to 4. And then after you believe God to do that and you go down to four pills a day, you're like, okay, 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 God, I'm really out here now. My faith has been developed. I'm going to believe that I'm going down to just one pill and that's going to be a vitamin. Because he says we go from faith to faith. You're always developing your faith. Let me say this. You shouldn't go a day without using your faith in some way. You should not go a day without using your faith in some way. On a, on a greater scale or a smaller scale, you should, be, you should always be believing God for something. Let me just tell you that because faith is like a muscle. If you don't use your muscles, then they start to deteriorate. So you got to be using your faith muscle all the day, no matter what it is. Use it for small things. I'm going to just help you out because I'm trying to teach you something. Uh, use it for small things. You go stand in line, stand in line, st stand in line while you stand in Walmart tomorrow. In the long line. Just say, God, I'm going to believe right now that you're going to open up a new line that I'll have to stand here for an extra 20 minutes. You got to start somewhere. So, God, I'm going to believe that, that I'm not going to stand in this line. Uh, I, I'm way back here in the dresses. You know how that is. I can't stand that. That, that, that irritates me. That, 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 keeps me. that keeps me out of Walmart. Because it bugs me. You know, I'm in there like, what, what's going on? Why would you build a, 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 a store and put 40, 40 lines in and never open more than three? And you got to stand all the way back. You're all the way back in the, in the dress section with your basket. You got you to find out. Because some people, you see, you think they're looking at dresses, but they stand in line. You got to ask, who's in line? Like, yeah, that lady back there by, by the socks, she, she, she's the last one. So, 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 so start somewhere. You said, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand here and say, God, I'm, I'm going to believe that you're going to, to bless. I don't want to stand in this line. Because, see, here's what I've come to understand. If you recognize that you're a child of God, if you are certain of that, that you are born again, that you're a child of God, then you've got to believe that God, your father, cares about you. That little George of mine, I tell you, boy, uh, he, he just knows that he's the baby boy. He knows he's my baby boy, and he, and he just knows that. And he just cuts me off all the time. I'm up here praying, laying hands on somebody. He's patting on my leg. And I told him many times, boy, when I'm praying, you wait. But he's talking, this is his dad. He's like, hey, this is my daddy. Stop. Let me finish praying. But watch this. He feels he has access to me like that because I'm his father. If you know that, that you are a child of God and he's your father, you got to understand you got that kind of access to him. 
Oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm just trying to encourage you. I'm not trying to discourage you. I promise you, I'm trying to encourage you that you have that kind of access to him. He says, I never sleep. I never slumber. You wake up and you got something worrying you. Pray right there, Father, you, this thing is all over me. It's bugging my mind. Would you take it away? Would you, would you give me peace to know that you got it worked out? Don't stop staying up all night over stuff. Say, wait a minute, stop. What does your word say? Let me get some word. See, that's why I'm trying to get this word in you, because you got to bring some word into your problem. Here's what you got to do. You got to bring a promise into your problem. The two P's, hear it again. You got to bring a promise into your problem. Whatever your problem is, what promise has God given me that addresses this problem? You got needs? Say, God, you promised to supply my need. I'm not going to worry about needs. I'm going to trust that you, you worked it out. But you do tell me that even though I, you know what I have need of before I ask, you said I still must come and ask you. See, sometimes we get irritated with God because we got to go ask. Ain't no harm in asking. There is no harm in asking. Drop your pride and go ask, Daddy. You know it's me. And watch this. If you want them problem, child, that he got to keep knocking you upside the head and popping you on the butt all the time, you're still a child. See, that's what you should have jumped up. But see, you don't want nobody to know you want them problem children. You, you should have jumped up then because you know you one of them. He got to tell you something, not tie five times. He got to tell you 50 times. And then pop you a few times and keep on telling you. But you got to understand you're still a child. Amen? Turn to Hebrews 11. Let's get, let's get over there real quick. I, I pray that this is blessing you because God is blessing me with it. It's helping me to come to understand all that God wants to do and what he's desired to do in the lives of his children. Because, see, the thing about it is unless you start to understand this grace. See, we have been under this assumption that grace is only something that happens at, at, at your birth. At your new birth. No. But for by grace are you saved through faith, you get grace that gives you the ability to be saved, but you also have grace to, for the, that, that gives you the ability to overcome. Amen? Amen? Hebrews 11 and 6, look what it says. It says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. So you're asking me, Pastor, why do you keep teaching on faith? Because you can't please God without some. Why do you keep talking about faith? Because you want, don't you want to please God? The Bible says you cannot please him. It's impossible. Look at the word impossible. Impossible means impossible. It cannot be. Impossible means not possible or not able to be possible. So if God is telling you you cannot please him without faith, why would you not want to get you some faith? Because I want to please God. I want him to be happy. But you might ask, well, why do I need to please God? Well, first and foremost, if you're, if you're born again believer, 
then you, you want to please God because of the relationship you have with him. Who wants to be in a relationship with somebody that they, they, they upset all the time? You've been in one, hadn't you? They didn't really want you. They just had you around. Somebody said they wanted your money. Yeah, money. They knew you would buy shoes and, and hats and things. They knew that. They knew you were a giver. So they was, they was, they was there for the getting. Amen. And then, they re then you realize, when you wake up and say, oh, they just here to get. Then you tell them, you get. Cause <laughs> get, get, get. Because <laughs> you're just here getting, right? So watch this. You want someone in a relationship with you who desires that relationship, right? But who wants to make you happy. When you're in a relationship, you strive to make that person happy. If you are born again, you are in a relationship with God, so you should be striving to make him just like he strives to make you happy. But the other reason you should want to please God is you need, if you're as a born again believer, as a disciple of Christ, then you are a follower of Christ and you follow Christ's example. So I would have you to turn over, if you would, real quick uh, to John, the Gospel of John, chapter eight, the Gospel of John, chapter eight. Because, see, we're, we're to follow Christ's example. And I tell you this, we should always use Jesus as a benchmark, not so much for us to try to be Jesus, but we're trying to be like him. And being like someone is striving to become. You're never going to be Christ. You're never going to be uh, able to complete all the things he did. But you can be actively pursuing those things that he's given you to do. Do you understand this? If you don't have a goal in front of you, you don't have anything to, to, to seek to obtain. Your goal when you go to work tomorrow is that you get paid on payday, right? Yes, sir. That's the goal. If they, if they shift payday around or if they suggest that payday ain't coming, your goal just got, just got taken away, didn't it? And you ain't going to be there. Because, see, you call in now knowing that you got a check coming. Now you know what you're going to do if you, if you don't think one's coming. You're going to call off. No, you're going to call off. You ain't calling in. I'm calling off. <laughs> y'all won't see me again until y'all know we're getting paid. Amen? So we, we have a goal, and the goal is Christ. But look what he says. Here's what Jesus says in, in, in John chapter 8 and verse 29. Slide down to 29. He says, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. See, as a believer, this is what all of our goal is, is to be like Jesus, to follow his example and to strive to do those things that are pleasing to the father. So now you understand why you need to have faith, because we're supposed to be striving to please God. And therefore, we know we cannot please him without faith. So we must get some faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. The last time that we were sharing, we got to note number one. Note number one says God has stated four times in his word. So when we talk about needing to have a lifestyle of faith, God has four different times declared 
that the just shall live by faith. Those that have been justified, those that have been born again, shall live, must live, will live by faith. So he has stated that four different times. And first, uh, we, we, we noted the one that we just looked at here, the one time here in Romans chapter, 11, chapter 1 and verse 17, we note here where he says the just shall live by faith. But we also go back to the Old Testament when he first stated it in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 4, he says, Behold the proud, his soul is not, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now this gives us a lesson here because sometimes the reason we don't have, uh, that we struggle with our faith is because we struggle with our pride. Why do I need to believe God? God, you ought to just do it. Why should I have to have faith? Why don't you just do it? You know what that is? That is that's that's pride. That's you saying, God, why? Why do I have to? Why don't you? What you going to do? So he says, I'm going to do it, but I only respond to faith. So so he so here we understand this. He said the, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. He said, but the just shall live by faith. So that's the first time in the in the in the Old Testament or the, the one time in the Old Testament. And then God says it three more times in the New Testament. He says it in Romans chapter one, verse 17. And then here uh, and then he also says it here in Galatians chapter three, verse 11. But that that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. And then the last time he says it in Hebrews, he says it here in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 38. He says, now the just shall live by faith. So we hear four different times that God says we must live by faith. So now we understand why we must have a lifestyle of faith, because if God is willing to say something four times, uh, I recall this mother, Eberson, that, that when, my, when my mother was to say something more than once, there was problems after that. I remembered this. I remembered being in church and um, uh, this particular afternoon, Brother Eric, it was hot. We were at a visiting church. It was summer. It was hot. And right across the street was a playground. And because the church was packed out, it was like a church anniversary. And this is back in the 70s. So people went to church back then. You know, it, it was it was an afternoon service and there was no place to sit. Now it's Sunday morning. You can go sit where you want to sit. <laughs> I don't want to sit here. I'm going to sit over there. But, but it's Sunday afternoon, it was packed full, and, and so they were allowing, some of the parents had released their children to go uh, with one of the ushers across the street, and, and you can see it out the window, because it was so hot, they had the windows open, and I just kept, I could hear swings swinging, and I'm sitting there, and so I had gone to the bathroom at least five times at this point, I was just, you know, I would go back and just look out there and say, man, I go on back in and sit down. And so I was, I was, I was devising a plan, Brother Sylvester, to slip out uh, and, and get out. But as I was sitting there, uh, Mother was up in the choir stand, and, and she had been trying to get my attention, but I, I kind of sensed she was, so I wouldn't look up there. So, but when I finally did, our eyes did cross, she looked at me and said, Now, you didn't understand that because you're not, you, you, you weren't in the midst of that. But what I understood that to me, sit yourself down, don't you go to the bathroom anymore. That's what I got out of all of that. All she did was. So then it must have been the Lord speaking to her, Brother Webb, because I, I was one of the, the last few children still sitting there hoping to go out and swing a little bit before service got out. And then she, she looked again with kind of a, a kind look, and she said, 
and that meant go ahead and go on out there to the playground. And I got on up and I skipped on out. <laughs> but here's what I understood is that when she said, when she nodded with those eyes, Buck, that meant sit down, she wasn't going to nod more than, than once. The next mod, now she'd have been up like this. And for, and for those that are listening on the podcast, I got my finger up. You know, you got that one finger up and you're here. No, now, you know, what was that? It was that, I know what it is. I'm just asking you. Holding the one finger up. Actually, we, we thought it meant, excuse me. Actually, it goes back to slavery days. It goes back to that, that, a, that a person in a, in a general assembly, you could not leave if you were a slave. You could not leave without first getting permission. And you hold your finger up to, to let it be known that I need to go to the restroom. And then once you're released, you are released, but you had to keep that finger up to let it be known that you had gotten permission to leave. But, but in this case, it wasn't, it wasn't that deep. It was just going to be her coming out of church. Like, hey, listen, boy, you better get yourself. So, so here's the thing. If God, if God, if we don't want to say things multiple times to our children to get the point across, here's God saying it four times to us that we must live by faith. We must recognize that God is wanting for you and for me to live our lives how? By faith faith. And that's what I'm telling you before, that you don't need faith to do the things you know you can do. You need faith to do the things that only God can do. I'm telling you this right now, Lady Toyin and I are believing for a house that, we, that, we, that, 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 that we've been outbid for. Been outbid for. But now we've entered into the rest of God. Just be patient and wait patiently in me. Psalm 37. Verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. As it goes on, it says, I wait, wait on the Lord, wait patiently for him, and he shall bring it to pass. You say, okay. So to understand, if you're going to have great faith, you're going to have to also have to develop your patience. Because patience is what you need while you're waiting when you don't see anything, that you don't become anxious and go do something else. Yesterday, we were in Chicago for the Gospel Fest, and we had a phenomenal time. Let me tell you this. The worship began to go up. That, uh, if you've not heard this young man, uh, Travis Green, he is an awesome worshiper. Until you're outside in, in the sogginess because it had rained a little bit, the sun was coming out. Until you're outside and you see people dancing like they in here, because the worship was that strong, man, I tell you, I stood there and wept like a baby. And then at, 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 while we were out there in the worship, at, at one point it was declared by someone that, that, that you, you've got a life-changing decision that you're going to make. But your anxiousness is going to cause you to make a decision where you're settling for less than what God has. And I looked over at Lady Toy and I said, my God. Because we've looked at hundreds of houses, Deacon Garrett, and none of them resonate with us like this one. We've looked at, because you got to do due diligence, right? What have you been approved for? We, we got our approval. We know what we approved for. We're looking at that. We looked at, I've looked at hundreds of them. We've drove by them. Even had our realtor, Sister Melody, take us out to look at some. We walk through them and this could be, because I'm a visionary. I just see, I can see how you could just tear a wall down. I'm already in there. Like, yeah, we can put this, make this, ah, yeah, we can do this. So it doesn't matter to me. But when God says, okay, delight yourself in me and I what? Give you what you desire. You got to be able to say, God, I, what do I want? 
What am I desiring of you? Because I know what I've been approved for, and I don't need faith for that. Right now, we could, we could already be living in the house, living in a new, another house. Because we've been approved, been approved since April. But we're believing for what we desire. And that's what takes faith. Amen? And I'm trying to encourage you to believe. You, you know, go, go back to the, the, to the line in Walmart. It's no big deal. You could stand there. You, 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 you're healthy. You could stand there. But, you, but, but just say, God, I'm going to believe that I don't have to stand here. Start there. Believe this. Go, 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 go grocery shopping when it's time for you to do your grocery shopping. Say, God, I'm going to believe what we have that we're not going to go over. Here's what we've got. Here's what we got to spend. I'm going to believe that, that whatever we need to get for the home, that this is going to be enough. Do that. Watch this. You need, some, you need to get some shoes for the children. Right? And you, you know, you got children, you, get, you need to get some shoes, you need to get all three of them some shoes, and you only have a certain amount of money. But you don't want to go buy them some plastic shoes or some shoes that they don't really want or that you don't even want to have for them. So God, we're going to go up here and believe that you're going to bless us to get, get each one of them some shoes that they want and that'll be good for their feet with the amount, the amount that we have. Now, let me tell you this. If you're, if you're, if you're stealing from God, don't, don't, don't do that because you're going to mess up. You're going you to mess yourself up already because God will not, God, God's word does not fight itself. It works together. If he tells you, will you rob me, you're cursed with the curse, he's not going to then say, oh, well, you go, I got enough faith to believe out of the curse. No, you got to come out of the curse by being obedient. Amen. But if you walk in obedience to God and God is God's going to bless that when you go, you have nothing to hold you back. Oh, man. OK. Um, let's get this. Let, let me get further, because I was I almost got sidetracked. But the Holy Spirit says, stay on target, sir. Stay on target. Going back to this Romans chapter one and verse 17. You know, no, no, let's not do that. Let's move on. So who are the just? If the just shall live by faith, who are the just? Let's move on. Who are the just? The just are those that have been justified. The justified are those who are the just. When it says the just shall live by faith, who are the just? The just are the justified. Who are the justified? The justified are the born again. If when you come to know Christ Jesus, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So being justified means that you have been rendered to be. This is because this is necessary for us to understand, because many of us, we don't we don't ask God for things because we don't feel like we're worthy to receive them. But when you've been justified by faith, if you've been born again, doesn't mean that you're going to that you're a stellar Christian, that you are that you are a superstar Christian. But but if you know for certain that you have been born again, that you truly have been born again, then you are justified by faith. And when you're justified by faith, you have peace with God. But here's what the word justified means. Justified means to be rendered righteous or declared or made righteous in the sight of God or to be rendered worthy. That God renders you worthy because you are a child. Remember I said that, that, that even uh, those of us that may be problem child, problem children, we're still children. If you're born again, you're a child. And therefore, even a problem child is a child. Amen. So the, the, the 
So here's what the word of God has to say about that. Being justified. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith to this grace. Grace is you, is you getting what you don't deserve. Undeserved favor, unearned favor, un, unmerited favor. That's what, that's what allows you to be saved, but it's, you also receive that after you've been saved. And then finally, we must understand this, that we, must, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. See, because many of us, we struggle with what we see. Our senses begin to kick in when, it, when our faith, we try to activate our faith. What do I see? What did I hear? What did they say? What happened? What have I seen done in the past? What do I know? Let me tell you this. When you have something that come up, particularly when it's something in your body, don't become an expert on the, on the problem. Just find out what it is, and that's all you need to know. You need to go try to find out who had it and who, who all had it and who had, how many people survived it. How, do you realize that has nothing to do with you? If the, doctor, if the doctor tells you that only one in 20 people survived this, I'm the one. One out of a thousand. Whoop, I guess I'm that one. Why? Because I'm going to believe God to do it in my life. Amen? You go in and you, put out, you fill out the application, and they, they tell you that, oh, uh, we have 200 applicants for this job. Okay, but you're only hiring one person, and I think that person's me. So here, here's, my, here's my number, my cell number, and my mama's cell number. Call her in case you miss me. And if you're one of those that, that sometimes your phone don't have minutes on, you better give somebody some extra numbers. Amen, because it might be just as your numbers are out, your, your minutes are out. So the, we don't walk by faith, we walk by sight. Somebody's laughing because they, they done been there. And if you can't reach them, let me say this, it, it doesn't help your, your case at all to, to have to say that in the interview. If this number don't work, you, you know what, just grab your application off the table and rip it up and walk on out, throw it in the trash and walk on out. That ain't going to help you one bit. If this number don't work, they're like, oh, you are, we already see you're not stable. You might, not, you might, you might show up to work. Amen? Just, just a little tidbit. I'm always trying to help you as best I can. Let's move on. Note, we went to note number two, and we talked about when you decide to develop your faith uh, or have a lifestyle of faith, there's going to be a fight, and not a fight from the devil, because we, every battle we feel, we gotta, we feel the devil is battling us. The devil ain't always that, that, that active in your life. Let me tell you this. Your battle for faith is your doubt. Your, your battle with faith is your doubt. Your battle with faith is your mind. Because you have to be able, you can't, you know, faith cannot reach your heart until it first can be resonated in your mind. Now unto him to able, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or what? Do you realize you can't ask something that you can't think about? When you, when you get hungry or you get thirsty, you can't ask for a glass of water until you have formed it in your mind. So when he says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. So the battle that you have is with your doubt and with your mind. I know that the devil is, is given, given us through, our, through, through, through the music of the day that uh, get taken back what the devil stole from me. 
some stuff, you just, you just never had it. It was never yours because you just didn't believe for it. You know, you didn't have that much. What does that even mean? Took back what you stole. When they repossessed your card, it, the devil didn't steal it. You didn't pay the payment. That wasn't the devil. When they put you out of that house, it wasn't the devil. It was Christmas. You, all December, you spent all the rent money, so then they, you were behind, and, and you thought when your taxes going to come, your taxes going to pay it off, and you'll catch up, but then they, they told your taxes were shorter than what you thought, and then you did so It ain't the devil. Take back what... It sounds good, though. I love, I love that song. Take back what the devil told. So you're going to have a lifestyle, if you're going to have a lifestyle of faith, there's going to be a fight. Because here's what we understand. Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. So we understand that just, just, all we need is that first part of the verse. Fight the good fight of faith. Having faith is a fight. Fight in your mind. Fight with your doubt. Fight with your senses. The next part that you fight with is your senses. What did I hear? What did I see? Because see, your senses, your six senses, faith doesn't make sense. That's why you can't rely on your senses in faith. That's why God says we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight being your senses, your five, your five senses. What you hear, what you smell, what you see, what you taste. See, the thing about it is we must understand that we walk by faith and not by our senses. So fighting the good fight of faith, you're going to have to fight your mind because of the way you're thinking. You have to fight your doubt. And then you're going to have to fight your senses because at some point you're going to see something, hear something that's going to trigger a thought. And that thought's going to become an action if you don't couple that with faith. Amen? I'm going to have y'all stand up and stretch. Y'all like, yes, pastor. But I appreciate the fact that you're paying attention. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 6. Don't turn it just, just to direct your attention here. Above all, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So if the enemy happens to sin, see, what the devil uses is, is he uses scare tactics, and he uses, um, <clears throat> he uses scare tactics, and he uses fear against you. So when you begin to believe God, what is the first thing you start to be afraid of is what if it doesn't work out? Right. So he knows that fear is going to come up when you when you're dealing with faith. So he, he makes sure you got plenty of fear, make sure you got plenty of elements to create fear. So the thing is, he says, you, know, you must take the shield of faith that you may quench that by having faith. Then you can quench the fiery darts when he comes against you with something that, that's going to try to cause you to doubt or become afraid or to release or let go of your faith. Then you say, no, nah, I got faith to believe it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to work out. God's got it worked out. The next thing here, he says, take on the helmet of salvation which is a, and the sword of the spirit. He says, but, but notice what he says. He says, above everything else, take on what? Take faith. Above everything else, all of the other all of the other elements of the armor of God. He says, above all of them, make sure you got faith. Are you getting why God keeps telling me to teach you faith? Because he says above everything else, take on faith. You got to have the shield of faith. 
But he says, okay, get, get you some words so you can fight back. Because, see, sometimes you got to be able, to, you gotta be able to, to, to thwart the doubt with some word. Thwart your doubt with truth. The word of God is truth. So this is where we made it. We made it to uh, number three, and then we, we, we ran out of time. Faith established believers establishes us as believers, as victors, and it makes way for us to have victorious living. Because according to the word of God, if you would turn to First um, John chapter five, I quoted that earlier, but I want you to see this. And while, while you're turning there, uh, just just look at this definition. A victor is a person who defeats an enemy or an opponent in the battle. I just showed you that we that there's a fight for faith, fight to have faith, fight the good fight of faith. So how do you become a victor? You have to be one who overcomes the enemy or the opponent. The opponent is your doubt. The opponent is your mind. The opponent is your fear. So you got to overcome that with faith. Amen. First John chapter five, chapter five, verse four, look what it says. And you need to get this into your hearing because it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Because watch this. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our what causes you to be an overcomer in this life and in this world is having faith. But here's the thing you got to understand that you don't just get you don't just become a victor. Victors are born because notice what it said. It says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So now this gives context as to why Jesus says, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. See, when he told Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again because ultimately whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So you got to have faith to even even to address sin in your life. You got to have faith. Right now, you got a relationship that you need to, you, that you already know. The Lord has shown you that you need to cut it loose. It's not benefiting you spiritually. It's tearing you down emotionally. It's causing you to suffer. And many times you've been behind the eight ball many times because of this relationship. And you know you need to let it go. But you're going to have to have some faith to let it go. Because one of the things that kicks into your mind, well, what about loneliness? And, you know, if I'm, will I find somebody else? And, you know, and, and what's going to happen? And then when I want to go to the movies, what am I going to do? And, and all of these things start coming up. And then you start to realize, if you, if you step back from it, you realize you ain't doing that much movie going now. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't suggested going to the movies in months. You're sitting there dropping hints, you know. Oh, I would love to see that movie. Mm-hmm. So all the things that begin to come up that to suggest to you why you should hang on. You say, wait a minute. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 3. I want to, I want to just turn there. I, I, I put 1 through 20 because I just want to, I want to have the liberty to share a few different things there. Uh, please, if you turn there quickly. John chapter 3, the gospel of John chapter 3. I pray this is blessing you. You know what? Maybe, 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 I'll, maybe I'll get you, get you to dance a little bit if I moan. If you would... Turn to John chapter 3. <laughs> and right there, somewhere between verse number 1 and 20, <laughs> you'll find these words <laughs> Marvel not. You must be born again. 
unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit he cannot oh Jesus it did, it did wake you up didn't it so look at verse number 3 and Jesus answered and said to him most assuredly I say to you you must unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Notice what Jesus says. He said, don't marvel that I'm telling you, you must be born again. Now we take that and attach it to what we just read in chapter 5 of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 4. He says, whatsoever is born of God, what? Overcomes the world. In order to be an overcoming person, to live an overcoming life, you must be born again. Amen? So watch this now. Uh, slide down to verse number 16 because we've all heard this one for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son to, into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved look at verse number 18 he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God and this is the condemnation he said this is what people uh, there's a lot of people using that term don't condemn me you can't judge me you can't condemn me and here's what Jesus said this is what condemns you verse number 19 and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. People, most of the time, they say, don't judge me because they're doing something they know they ain't got no business doing. God is my judge. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's the unfortunate thing for you, that he is your judge, because he knows stuff that I don't even know. Amen. For everyone who practices, look at verse 20, because we got to get that one in there. Everyone who practices evil hates the light. My God. And does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So let's move on to verse, uh, the, the fourth note, note number four. So then whatever you hear affects what you believe. And what you believe affects what you will do. So you got to understand, you got to be careful what you hear. Because right now, as I'm teaching you on faith, you got people that are, that are whispering in your ear, telling you, Pastor, I don't know what he's teaching. I don't know what he's doing. And I don't know what if, if he changed. I'm thinking about leaving because he, the church is changing. I'm still preaching the same Bible that I've been preaching all along. And I'm still living the same righteous life I've been living. My life ain't in no scandal. Why would you leave if my life ain't in scandal? If I'm not twisting the word of God, if I'm not interjecting things, if I'm not preaching from books rather than the book, why would you leave? You're still getting the word of God. And I'm, and I'm still preaching you line upon line, precept upon precept. There's nothing that I've shown you that I've added to the scripture. But you got people speaking in your ear. I don't know what's going on. You know, his teaching is changing. 
It's the same Bible. I'm telling you what God told me. You've been reading these verses all these years, but you've been missing part of what I'm saying. And why would that upset you that I'm telling you that God wants you to have more? That is a backwards way of thinking. That is all the way backwards. That you would be upset with me that I'm teaching you that God says he wants you to have more. And that upsets you. You know that can't be nothing but the devil. And you listening to it like it's spiritual. Somebody's calling you and they're real spiritually saying it. Well, you know, uh, see, because the Bible says that there will be false teachers in these last days. Right, you, in my ear, right now. Right now, false teacher, right here. Jesus says you know a false teacher by the fruit of their lives. The person who's telling you that I'm, that I'm wicked, watch their life. What are they doing? Because you see my life, it's, oh, it's exposed. I'm, I'm not, there's nothing hidden. You see me only, you only see me with my wife. You don't see me with no, no man uh, in the evenings riding behind the back, the back alleys. You ain't never seen nothing like that. You ain't never stumbled up on me at, 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 five, at community liquors. You ain't never seen me in community spirits. You ain't never caught me off guard cussing out somebody. The Bible says a false teacher, you will know them by their fruit. But people that ain't faithful, gonna t you don't allow somebody that ain't faithful. Every time you show up and I'm supposed to be here teaching, I'm here doing it. People that ain't faithful are teaching you and influencing what you do. They're not, even, they're not even showing any fruit of righteousness. They walk around with a spirit of hate and a spirit of anger and spirit of offense. And I'm not that person. It's a lying spirit. I'm not ashamed to say it because I know, I know that when I go home, I'm only going home to this woman. I know that I'm spending time with my family. I know that I'm spending time in the word. I know that I'm staying away from unrighteousness. I know that. So anybody telling you that I'm confused, you check their life. Because my life has not changed. I'm in the same word. I'm doing the same thing I've always done. Don't you let somebody tell you that I'm changing. I'm teaching you the word of God. And all I'm telling you is God says he has always desired his children to have more. And I'm trying to tell you that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Do you understand that I just taught you, I'm teaching you in a message that you must, that God wants to give you more. And I just showed you that you must live right. Didn't I just show you that? And I'm still ending by saying God wants you to have more. See, the enemy don't want you to have more because the more you have, the more you can affect his kingdom. Because, see, the more God blesses you, the more you're able to give to the kingdom, the more, the kingdom, the more of his kingdom we can affect. That's why he don't want you to have more. I'm telling you, it's, it's spiritual. The enemy does not want you to have more because the more you have, the more you give. The more you give, the more we do to affect the kingdom of darkness. The more lives that get saved, the more hope that comes to somebody, the more people that are delivered. That's what's going to happen the more you have. 
let me just help you with something just real quick. What if there's, there's about 150 people here right now? What if 10% of, of you were millionaires? What do you think this church would be doing? If you were, if 10%, 10% of 150 is, 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 is 15. We have 15 millionaires. Watch this now. That means that as you tithe for the year, just 1 million, that's all you got is 1 million, that we will start every year with $1.5 million in our budget. What do you think we would do? More of what you see us doing. We don't sell dinners. We don't, we don't sell. When we do things for the community, we do it for free. So rather than helping 171 people at Thanksgiving, we would help this whole east side. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to have more. Because the more you believe God for, the more he does. The more he does, the more you have. The more you have, the more you do because you love him for what he's done. That's all I'm trying to give you. That's all I'm trying to give you. And I'm the same person I've always been. Amen? Amen. Now let me, let me finish my lesson. Since, since I, had to, I had to spend a five minutes to do that, let me, give me five minutes to finish this, right? Romans chapter 10, and verse, verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you got to keep hearing this faith and hearing this faith. See, the, to change your mind, the Bible says that, you, that we are transformed how? By the renewing of our mind. The only way your mind can be renewed is by what you hear. As that word keeps going in, it begins to change your mind, renew your mind, as it renews your mind. Then you are transformed. Look at this, look at verse, uh, Matthew, write this in your notes, but you don't have to turn there for the sake of time, but just, just, just direct your attention here. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, look what Jesus says. Then when he had tempted, when the tempter came to him, he, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that what? Proceeded out of the mouth of God. The way we're supposed to live is by the word of God. Look at this one. This is, this is in the Bible. I'm not writing this up. I'm telling you to bring your Bible so you can make sure you look at it. Look what it says here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So he humbled you. Watch this. You've been asking why all your life you didn't have nothing. Now you're going to understand why God is telling me to teach you this because most of us are in the same boat. We didn't grow up with silver spoons. We didn't grow up with things already. Had. We didn't grow up. I know I didn't. Shoes was an event. We discuss shoes, you know. <laughs> Anybody ever remember bar Bargain Bobs? Y'all don't even remember Bargain Bobs, do you? No, it went him down to, he don't, no, you don't, definitely don't remember. Bargain Bobs way down in, on um, Meridian. Bargain Bob shoes. I remember. We would drive down there in our station wagon, and, and the way Bob, Bargain Bob, it was selling like Payless, but everything was on discount. But they were like a two or three seasons pass. So you can get them cheap. And I remember going in, I was like, boy, they had some pro kids. You remember them? And they had a pair of, uh, of the Converse with the star that's a white, all white. It had the, the little velvet, it was like a velvet uh, star slash on it. It was, it, was, it was like an earth tone. And I wanted them so bad. But we were there, we were there, and we had one bit of money. 
and they didn't fit in the budget. But what did fit? Some blue shoes that didn't have no name on them. And the soul was about. I looked at those shoes, I said, ah, oh. mother said, well, you, she said, what about these, do these fit? I said, no, they don't fit. She says, you didn't try them on. She made me try them on. I thought, you know, I tried them on, I got them on, it's okay. I just don't, still don't like them, you know. So I thought that was a done deal. I went on out to the car. I ain't getting no shoes with them. I'm going out to the car. When we got home and she starts taking stuff out of the bag. Those were in there. And I sat there in the chair looking at them and just trying to imagine how I would go to school in them. I was like. I said, I can't go to school in these. And I did, and I kept wearing the raggedy shoes I had to the Lord bless. Now, thank be to God, a couple weeks later, we went back and got those converts. I was grateful for that. But I'm telling you, I grew up, we didn't, we didn't just go get stuff. We just, you know, we had to talk about that, you know, playing on it. So, I, and I believe that none of us grew up that way, man. So watch this. That's why I'm helping you to understand this. So you've been wondering why you didn't have anything most of your life. Look, he says, he, so he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry. Allow, and he fed you with manner which you did not know of. He allowed you to not have, but he still fed you. All of us can say that, but we, well, we, used to, we used to struggle, but God blessed us. Amen. Watch this. Which your father did not know, and he might, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, God says, I, I'm a, I've allowed you not to have so that you understand when you do have, you didn't get it because of yourself. You got it because I spoke into your life and said, I will do it. Amen? Amen. So here's the thing I want you to do. I want you to do this. Declare, we are people of faith. We are people of faith. Because, see, we are saying to you that I'm telling you that, that, that what you say and what you hear, what you hear will affect what you say. So we want you to, I want you to affect what you hear because right now you may not believe you're a person of faith, but I want you to declare that you are a person of faith. Say, we are, we are people, of faith. people of faith. We are, we are people, of faith. people of faith. Notice I'm not saying you will be. I'm saying you are right now. Because if you've been born again, you got faith, now we're going to build that faith. So one more time, we are, we are people of faith. We are, we are people of faith. Amen. Hey, man, look at this. Let's, let's move on. I want to go to the last point. We've already covered without faith it's impossible. Please, God. But let's do this. So the last thing, as followers of Christ, we are to live our lives to the glory of God for the pleasure of God. See, it pleases God to bless you. So let's start with this. Start with our end of it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Write that in your notes, but just look to direct your attention here. Let your light so shine what? Before men, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father. Here's, here's what I want you to see about this. Jesus says, let what you have be on display so that people see it and glorify your Father. When, when, when the Johnsons ride around and they keep telling the testimony of how God blessed them in their car, who, who's going to get glory out of that? They're not in it, are they? They're just riding. When they pull up, 
Say, what, 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 what y'all? Did y'all get a, you know, we asked, you, get a, you, get a, you come into something? Or? No, we came into faith. We came into, came into agreement with God. So he said, let your light so shine before men, what, that they may see your good works. This, this light means shining the light of Christ in your life. But when they, if people are watching your life and they see God blessing you, that's going to glorify him too. They see God blessing your life. And you say, to God be the glory. It glorifies God. Amen? Look at this Hebrews chapter, chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Look. Now may the God of peace who brought, us, brought you up, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. I just told you that God wants to bless you that you might further do the work of God. That you might further be a blessing to show, to take the message of Christ to men. He says that he might, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Amen. 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 See, God is wanting to work in your life, through your life, for his glory. And whatever he does in your life becomes a testimony. And as your testimony is shared, that testimony encourages somebody else to believe and have faith and confidence in God. Now, this last one I don't have in my, in my notes to, to direct up, but I want you to turn to Psalm 35. Write this in your notes so that you hear this, and, and I pray it blesses you. Psalm 35. You in Psalm 35? Okay. Slide down to verse 27. Write this in your notes. Memorize this one. Get this in your heart. Because this is something you have to become familiar with so that you understand it for yourself. Psalm 35, verse 27. Now, I read Psalm 35 in, in, my, in my past more than once. But I, I skipped past this, and God showed me this. He brought me back here. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Watch this. Who? Who favor my what? Righteous cause. You live in your life to the glory of God, you're striving to be all you can for Christ. That is your righteous cause. Your cause is to live for Christ, right? He said, so he, let, he said, let those shout for joy who are in favor of that and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Here's why we came here. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, did anybody ever tell you that? That God has pleasure in your prosperity, in your, in your benefiting. I'm not saying it, I didn't say it in other words. It says it for itself. It says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amen? It is God's good pleasure that you might let the world know that he is still alive. Finally, we say this. We... We, we've done this, and, and it's been discouraging and disparaging to, the, to, to those listening. We'll, we'll say in our, in our effort to lift up God, we'll say, My father, God is our Father, and that he has um, cattle on a thousand hills. Right? 
and we say that and we're barely getting by. What, what would that say to someone about a father who doesn't take care of their children, his children? We, we got a term for it in our society. It's called deadbeat. Do you think God is a deadbeat father? Is he your father? Is he deadbeat? 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 Now, he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to his children? Is he your father? Yes. Is he dead? 